on this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Cliff's hand totally dooms the Doom Patrol, if Loki or Miss Minutes gets their hands on He Who Remains first, and what they then do with those hands, and if the crew can remember what happened with each other's hands on Gen V. All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet that reviews every single live-action television show based on a comic book, as well as some of the animated ones. My name is Cassie, and I will be your host for this episode. Joining me, um, I got a group of friends here, you guys. We're going to see who's on. I've kind of just blown the conch. We'll see who appears. First of all, it looks like I do have Mike in studio. Hark, it is I, Mike. <laughs> I'm sorry. I come to the call of the conch. I'm sorry. You started with Hark. What? What? When you use an old-timey way of getting my attention, I'm going to talk in an old-timey way. I'm going to bring that energy, Cassie. Did they start off greeting people with Hark? Was that like, hello? Yeah, I didn't make that up. I can't be the first motherfucker you've met who says Hark. You, motherfucker, I've LARPed, and not a single person has said Hark to me. You're the nerdiest. Then you've LARPed with posers who don't know how to live-action role-play. Period accurately. Well, I don't know about that. Actually, you're probably you're gonna right. hear harks. You're gonna get huzzas. I've what heard starts with H. Who I've heard some good huzzas. Huzzah. Um, and that's the only terms I can think of right now. That's all I got for you. Um, no one. I'll see if cool. um, somebody else can corroborate this. We do have. It looks like books has also gathered. Books is the person who reads. Um, can you confirm hark is a thing? Honestly, I, I didn't think of it in the context of like hello kind of greeting, but I just yeah. thought of the song like Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So I guess that well, like, yeah, that's their greeting. You know, it's like it's like the ancient. Hark, hey, y'all. It's getting yeah. everybody's attention. Hearts. Exactly. They're like, gather around. Hear ye, hear ye. That's another exactly. H. Thank you. That's the one I it was. Uh, I was on the tip of my brain. You're telling me the woo girls would come into the club and just be like, Hark. There's no yeah. fucking way. Absolutely. There isn't. Cassie, there's an A in there, but not where you think. <laughs> Honestly, I would love it's. I'll try to bring it to the club. It sounds pretty fun to enter that way. Um, we also have another friend here. We. It looks like I've gathered Paul from the Waiting for Doom podcast. Paul, how did we get you? Verily, <laughs> verily, I'm here. <laughs> oh, verily, thusly. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Hark. I understand. Hark is what's that sound? So. Mm. And that's so. If someone, if someone say blows a conch, <laughs> and that's how yeah. we got you, Hark. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming. Um, you're filling in for Ryan. I don't know how you feel about that. Do you feel daunt, like intimidated by it, or is are you just like ready to fill in and be Ryan? No, honestly, Ryan and I are exactly the same. Um, if you compared both of us, you couldn't tell the difference between us. But I'm slightly more like him than he's like me. Okay. You're more like him in the way that he... Um, yeah, we're exactly the same, but I'm more like him. More like <laughs> him, but exactly the same. Exactly the same. I'm following it. Exactly the same, only more so. 
Yeah. This is how I did math all throughout um, my life. Um, so this makes perfect sense to me. It's a. It's why I haven't graduated. I feel good. This is like a copy of a copy is never good as the original. He's the original. Ryan's the copy. It's it's like him, but he's more like him. Yeah, I'm I'm the N- NFT. He's the uh, he's just a JPEG. Ooh, that is a modern ass burn. <laughs> Get wrecked. That's gonna he's gonna cry about that later. Um, but it's gonna be all right. It's good for him every once in a while. Um, Paul, as we said, you are from the Waiting for Doom podcast. This episode, we will be focusing on Doom Patrol. Um, you're going to be our little bit of our expert for us, filling in, giving us yep. um, all the background. I want like, I want to know who the director was for the episodes. I want any fun facts you have. Are you ready to be like an encyclopedia of Doom Patrol, essentially? Well, being in Australia, I just have my finger on the pulse of American entertainment yeah. um, and Atlanta filming. You know, I know everything. So <laughs> knew we I'm so glad the conch gathered the right person. Um this is gonna be a great episode. We are, as I said, gonna be talking about Doom Patrol. Um but before we get to all of that, we no, no, not before we get to all of that, you guys. Coming up on this episode, we're gonna be talking about other things. Other things like Loki, <laughs> Gen V, Daryl Dixon the Walking Dead. We're also gonna be giving away a shishi. But before we get to all of that, Doom Patrol, let's go. <laughs> On the mid-season premiere of Doom Patrol, everyone reunites in Orquith. After Cliff falls for Wally's bullshit and gives up his longevity, Derek protects himself, Victor, Jane, Cliff, Rita, Rouge, Dorothy, Dorothy, and Space Case as a new awakened Immortus in the body of the actress Isabel Feathers kills all her worshippers. In the next episode, the patrol follows a dazed Isabel back to Clovertown. When the town sees Isabel is back, they decide that Doom Patrol are the heroes and throw a parade, which really pisses Immortus Isabel off. Taste buds, I ask you this. After such a long break from our ragtag band of misfits, does it feel surprising that they're all dealing with the same personal problems they've always had? Or is that missing the point of Doom Patrol? I think shows, I mean, when they take a mid-season break, they usually end on a cliffhanger and, you know, oh, I can't wait for it to come back. Um not always, not in this case. And, uh, yeah, as a avid, I'm like a Doom Patrol expert, a Doom Patrol scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. A, a Doom Patrologist, if you will. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck was going on for most of these. <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad I wasn't alone in that because I was just like, they kind of threw me into it and I was like, sure. You just come with an open heart and an open mind to Doom Patrol, I feel. That's really good to know. Stay for the vibes. Uh, Sorry, McKenna, go. No, I just, I I have never watched an episode of Doom Patrol. Oh, damn. This episode. (laughs) What a good time to throw you into it. Honestly, it was even more extreme than Hit the Ground Running, kind of, but it was brilliant. And I was like, I need to go back and just just dive in because this is the best, most wild, like, journey i've ever been invited on so did did anybody watch the extended previously on yes yes okay oh though that was helpful i get probably mac it probably wouldn't help you but uh it was pretty helpful to be like oh yeah there's scissor people wally was the guy in a robe who's talking he wasn't in insane asylum okay I, i i'm trying to remember where everybody's at right now when the the extended preview did it give me any like it just made me more confused i was like oh i'm i'm really fucked here (laughs) yeah yeah it's halfway through season four of one of the weirdest shows ever to exist yeah i i found some footing though i think i i got some context it did ground you a bit in this one i guess if you pick up here 
I'm just very excited for the two perspectives of Paul, who lives for this shit, um, got a degree in this <laughs> shit, and Books, who just kind of walked into the door and is here. <laughs> um, I do, real quick question before we dig into the episode. When, in the flashback, you did watch it, Books? Yes. You saw one of those butt monsters? Yeah, the zombie. Zombie butt. Yeah. Um, just, like, first thoughts, first opinions on those for you, how you felt when it appeared on the screen. Uh, to be honest, I didn't know what it was supposed to represent, and it was the first indication that, like, real, like, this just, there's no, there's no limits. There's no, <laughs> True. you know, uh, and then it took me a long time to realize that, like, one was supposed to be in the fridge. Mm. Yes. And so that was a missing context piece. But once I pieced that together, I was like, oh, more zombie butts. Like, it's just yeah. <laughs> excited to see those little guys is what yeah, I'm getting. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have all of the, the tools necessary to know how I should feel about them, but they're kind of funny. So <laughs> You think that at first, but they're terrifying. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, our um, expert in this, is have the Doom Patrol, have they not been set... I feel like last I checked in with them, they were all pretty separate on, on their own little missions. So for me, it felt good to kind of have them all back in one spot and going towards an area where it looked like they were the same. But have they already been together for a hot minute? Uh, no, they've been scattered. So they've cool. been scattered in pairs, uh, doing little uh, missions. Well, um, missions would imply they're trying to achieve something, but they're basically <laughs> fighting with each other in pairs. Yeah. So. And that's what felt refreshing, because in this one we get, like, I don't know if it'll stick, but at one point, um, they're all kind of, like, admitting to each other the problems that they're facing and what they all kind of need to come together to do. Um, and I don't know if, like, we'll go back in time and erase that, but it felt so good for them to be like, hey, here's a list of things. Like, I love a good D&D mission or anything that just lays out the <laughs> points for me of, like, here's our little, our task, let's get work together to get through it. And that's, I became more on board for Doom Patrol after that, because I, I just felt more grounded, I think. Maybe that is helpful, and we needed that. So what what if, I don't know if we're allowed to talk shit on this show, because we love it so much, but an issue I had is like, oh, Cliff is being dumb and selfish, mm -hmm. like he has forever. Jane is angry and pushing people away, and she's already been through this and learned that she shouldn't do that anymore. Larry is moping and saying maybe he should just die, and he's already done, like, each character was going through, I felt like, an emotional arc that we've seen them kind of overcome. Mm -hmm. And it annoyed me, but maybe we just needed that reset and we move on from here for new people like McKenna who are jumping into the show here. Thought it was the first um, time he was mopey and wanted to die. <laughs> that's that guy's deal, man. But like again, what like the only thing that like made me roll my eyes a little is like they've all overcome versions of this issue that they're all overcoming in the second episode here. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, you know, overcome your trauma, what's next? More trauma. And so that's why I was wondering if that's is am I missing the point if I'm annoyed by it because that's the point is like you can't just be like I did it once I'm perfect. I was so at the end of season three that all come together and that's kind of been heroic and they were you know it was that would have been a great place to end the entire series you know on a high because basically they've had to all backslide after that to continue the story um, right. whereas I hoped it would be a little more positive I was like yeah. Is there, um, I don't know how much we've dealt with, like, Immortus. Is Immortus, I mean, the name sounds pretty intimidating. Is this a big enough bad for us to have as, like, the big bad for this season? He's been changed completely. So in the comics, he's a 
just a wrinkled old man who wants power, which, I mean, I don't think anyone in the world can imagine such a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's but, too you know, much. Yeah, so that, let's make him a female actress who's possessed by a, a god. Um, but, I mean, as someone who has also lost my longevity, I struggle with <laughs> trying to enjoy this right now. Enjoy, like, where it's at right now? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I want, I mean, my life is fine. I mean, I'm already doing death prep. I mean, I think about death constantly. <laughs> so, you know, to have a are. show where all the characters are struggling with the fact that they're all going to die and we know the show's getting cancelled, you know, I, it's it's a bit much. I'm sorry for these hard times for you. Um, we're here for you. The people are here for you. We'll all find our longevity. So this Immortus, they have her, like, very... I don't know, sensitive and like needs to be the center of attention, um, mm-hmm. which kind of seems just like the main thing about them. Like if they're not the focus, they're going to flip the fuck out. I think that so we briefly years ago at this point met Isabel Feathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like season one or two, I think. Uh, and I think that might be Immortus. This personality and Isabel's personality are melding. And this feels like a real Isabel because I think she was a rival actress to Rita and was a real shit to read it back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I when, think the... When Madame Rouge arrived, do you, if you remember when her time machine with the spiky twirly bits, that when that arrived, um, she got out and um, went to the toilet and Isabel Feathers was the first person she encountered and she got sucked into the time stream in the wake of that. Oh, I didn't realize that's how she died. Um, yeah, well, it could away. be. I mean, I could be misremembering. I've, you know, I've lost my longevity. <laughs> I would trust your memory more than mine. I just remember the R Town play mm. and Isabel and Rita going to head to head. So the neediness, I feel like, is the Isabel of it. Oh yeah, yeah, she was um, the town Karen. Oh, they have Karens down in Australia. <laughs> oh, we got Karens, yeah. Bummer. <laughs> they make their rounds. We call them Kazes. <laughs> <laughs> from this version um, of Immortus, are you? like bummed that it's away from the comics are you into what they're doing with this character how how you feeling about it after this first little bit i'm puzzled so a lot of the time i'm just like oh interesting interesting so yeah and now that we're just having the running of the dogs I'll just... <laughs> they have opinions yeah. about it let, the, let them speak <laughs> um yeah i like i feel like it's fun to have like a character who's so I don't know, needs to be the center of attention, but I also feel like it can get old quickly if they don't do much more with it. So I'm, I'm wondering if it could get like stereotypical too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a negative stereotype of women. Yeah. In that way. Of- okay. I was just thinking stereotypical or just old. So let's say you have a host of a show and they're constantly trying to get through the intro to their show. And you always have a character who does the same thing, mm-hmm. which is try to make it about them and be introduced first. Isn't it nice to take a moment like tonight and breathe and not have that character around? It, do- it it's is refreshing. Relieving. Let's all just live in this moment. It feels good. <laughs> but I, I think it, because I trust in the show and they don't tend to lean towards stereotypes, uh, I think we're done with that part of Isabel because she did turn into a giant monster. That was the vibe at the end of the, the so, 408. Yeah. Was she uh, made storms happen, and I think she's going to kill them all. Uh, she, she could join the team the way this show goes. So. True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you who I was bummed that left the team because I got so little of him. Um, it was, blanking on all names, Cyborg's brother. Um, 
uh, Derek, like his his good friend, who was like really good at drawing and figured out work. Yeah, with. yeah, he like made cyborg i don't know more chill in a way like just yeah. to see him with it, like just a good friend brought something that i was like really into the the funniest exit of a character in anything ever though is they're they're they've gotten out of orc with they've all almost died they're not they're just kind of stumbling along and he's like yeah i'm just gonna call an uber <laughs> and walks away there's no cars around <laughs> he's just out <laughs> also we were just in a place where like scissors were floating and trying to cut off their heads and i wasn't fully convinced we yeah. were just like back on earth like i thought i was like wait can you call an uber wherever you're at is that a thing like for him to just instantly know he could call an uber it, well, we didn't even get the call either. Now. He just pulls the phone out. He's like, my ride's here. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> yeah. like, it was so fucking fast. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I am excited for... Paul, you gotta help me out. We have Rita. And who was the other um, lady with uh, Rita most of the time? Uh, Madame Rouge. Madame is, Rouge. Um, Those yeah. two drunk together trying to lead the crew. Uh, very <laughs> into the vibe that they have together. I'm very into those two characters. When they uh, they got trapped in the bubble, and they noticed the alcohol was on the outside of the bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had drunk moments exactly like that, where I realized like I'm too drunk to like fully stand, but my my drink is across the room, mm-hmm. and it feels exactly <laughs> like that. You're just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. There is this is a quick thing. It's not big, but for a lot of the times, so Cliff is losing his longevity. He's also like. You know, not moving about well. So Dorothy was trying to get him into the wheelchair. Now, is this like a big X-Men thing? Like, if he gets in that wheelchair, is it going to be a big moment? Do we want him in the wheelchair to fill in as Papa? Well, it, it's it's not as big as X-Men, like Xavier getting the wheelchair. You just want that old dude to be paralyzed. Uh, but I think it's the chief. Would, and Do Patrol and X-Men, and now I can't remember if we've ever talked about this, came out around the same time. There's a lot of similarities. An old rich freak in a wheelchair decides to gather all these weirdos and make them fight for him <laughs> and says, you're my family, but fucks them over consistently. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of similarities, but I think it's uh, emotionally it's a big deal for Cliff. He does not want to be chief. Not only does he not want to be chief, he also doesn't want to admit he's getting old enough to need the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... You got to wonder where it's heading because if the show has a happy ending, is it betraying you know all this time they've spent on the show showing that all these people had trauma? Like, is it a, a point of uh, falsehood to say they're all solved their problems? Mm-hmm. How much faith in this do you have to have a solid ending? I mean, they know it's ending. They obviously do good work. How are you feeling? Are you like hopeful for the end of this? Not hopeful, but I guess like think they'll pull it off in a good way if they're true to the comics the way the show will end is mr nobody or alan tudyk as we like to call him he will appear and say the show's getting cancelled and then they'll all not know what to do and then their show will end Honestly, <laughs> that is how that, that is it. how the comics would do it it's perfect <laughs> i would love it um I think, unless anybody has any final thoughts, I know I jumped around a bit. Um, does anybody have anything they want to get out about these uh, couple of episodes that I missed? It n- n- Not specifics, just in general. It made me want to rewatch the first half of season four again because I've forgotten so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just and maybe even restart it, maybe convince my wife to watch it and do it from the beginning. Like I, I did miss just the pure vibes of this show and these people. Uh, and it's nice to have them back. Yeah. Let's go to moments of the week then. Uh, Mike, do you got one? Yeah. Uh, when Isabel is back 
uh, and we figured out they are in this town again. Uh, there's this weird like public access Tim and Eric style news show that she is interviewing on uh, the world of what? And uh, th- the host, he says, after several months, the body of Isabel Feathers was found and that body is alive. <laughs> and that that made me chortle. Uh, that's it. That's my moment of the week. Um, books, what about you? Did you have a, a moment? Honestly, uh, that was also mine, just because I have always wondered if people ever, like, the body's been found, and they're like, but they're not, do you know when that phrasing comes, that they're they're dead? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was just delightful. I actually laughed as well. Um, but a secondary one is just anytime Rita and Madame Rouge were just drunk together trying to build yeah. a little, you know, portal. That was very fun. Yeah, my moment is them just um, stumbling down the road, talking about um, if they're fit to be leading the group as they don't even know where they are. I just, I don't know, somewhat related to it. It felt good. Um, Paul, we didn't fully prepare you for this, but do you have a moment that stuck out to you? It was the the 22nd moment between when Derek ordered his car and when it arrived. And <laughs> yeah, that was... The tension there was like, oh, he's in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it's here. It's fine. (laughs) Very quickly resolved. (laughs) He had somewhere to be. That is it for Doom Patrol. It is on Max. I don't know what day of the week. You'll find it. It's out there. Fridays. Fridays. Yeah, one of the days. I don't know what to try to correct you. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's a different day where I am. So (laughs) It doesn't matter. He's bringing up a good point. It doesn't fucking matter. It's on Max. Go find it. Um, that is it for Doom Patrol, though. I do have time to talk about, Mike, your big website idea. I promised you I'd let you yeah, get a pitch out yeah. here. Tell us about it, please. Let me go. I have so many. I'm going through Yeah, the go notebook. ahead and pick whichever one's you know really what? calling to you. This one's been in my head to the point that maybe I've done it before. I don't think so. But the Pop Filter Pop-Up Shop.Pop is where you can go to customize your favorite flavors of pop, where uh, they call them soda in some parts. Of, uh, Paul, what do they call soda pop down under? Soft drink. Soft drink. All right. So the pop filter soft drink dot drink is what you will do in the da- AU. But the pop filter pop up shop dot pop is uh, you go and you're like, I want a Coke with a cherry and a little bit of uh, sarsaparillas and a little bit of chocolate. And then uh, we'll deliver that to you in 48 hours or more. So we can put stuff that's not even normally in drinks. Like we. Yeah, you can fully. We have every flavor. And we'll get. Think about. Uh, the the the, the jelly bellies mm-hmm. and soda form. Okay, but what if you were in control of what the flavors mm, went? Dangerous. Don't like it. Now we're putting a promise on this, and within forty eight hours, we'll get it to whoever and whatever they. Forty eight hours or more. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Is is what I did say. <laughs> Perfect. Then I'm on board. I was just worried about that one little part. All of this, the rest yeah. of it, flawless. Love it. Um. I think the only area you need help in is building this website. So I'm going to send you over to my friend cybersprout.net, Mike. They offer premium hosting that's specifically built for WordPress. Um, oh, good. Yeah, they handle... You want to know what all they handle? Are you ready for this? They handle security. I would love to. I'm going to write it security. down. Security. Start right security. off at the top. Maintenance. Backups. Speed optimization. They'll even migrate your website for free. I don't even know what that means. And that's good because they're going to do it well, for me. Right now... Pop up filter pop dot what is it? Pop, pop filter pop shop dot pop is on GeoCities. Okay. And so I would love to migrate it to WordPress, a hosting site people actually would go to. Wow, look at that. He knows things. Um they're gonna do that for you, okay? Uh they'll also help you create a visually compelling website. It's gonna get the people Ooh. there. They're gonna wanna order those sodas. Cyberspot.net, your partner for digital world. Coming up next, let's give away Shushi. <laughs> It is shushy time. It's time 
for us to figure out um, the funniest character, you guys. We're all, I would say, comedy experts, obviously. Um, There's nobody else I'd want to be figuring out who is the funniest character we've seen this year than us. Um, Before we get into this, though, Mike, what are you looking for when you think of a funny character? What's going to make a character stand out for you? Uh, someone who makes me go ha ha ha, okay. and at times Cassie he he he. Excellent. Uh, yeah, no, somebody who just cuts across it. They're not. It's not cringy in a way. Like the the f- team Flash thought Cisco was their funniest character, God. but no, Cisco is the anti-funny, and so we want actual humor, real jokes, not stuff that's like recycled TGIF bullshit. My scale is actually like I ranked reverse. Um, if it was anywhere near Cisco, that was my mm-hmm. bad marker, and that's how you knew you were going to the bottom. And so many of our shows had Cisco types for so long. It's so long. Um, Paul, I don't know if it's different for you. When you're looking for a funny character, do you want somebody who's making you hee hee ha ha hi? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, Mike, Mike stole that point already. Then that's all. I think we're all on the same page. Books. Um, I'll just ask you, do you you like funny characters to make you laugh? Is this what you're looking for? <laughs> I, you know what? It's going to be crazy, but I also like funny characters God, who make me got, hee-hee and ha-ha. We have such a good scale for this one. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive into it. Um, Books, if you can please tell us the nominations. All right. Yes, I'm very happy. And I'm going to um, start off with Mike. I would love for you to tell us about our first nomination, and that is Deke from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. So it's crazy because calm, Agents of Shield has been smile. canceled. Calm your smile. You're too happy to no. talk. <laughs> Agents of Shield has been not on air for a decade now, but through Deke is so good and so funny. So of course he he climbs through the trash and through the ether and through the grave to still end up nominated this year. I love it. Deke was amazing. He would give people lemons. Uh, he was the best. <laughs> no. Is this Deke crawling through the ether, or is this you guys just unwilling to let Deke rest or <laughs> dude rest? Uh, not me, uh, McKenna. I who I slipped no money to. <laughs> it was is the one who has the names. Uh, you saw the smile. You heard my voice. I was genuinely shocked. You genuinely were. It was pure delight. Um, <laughs> I don't. I would say I don't know if he's gonna take it, but I feel like there's probably a high chance knowing us. So who knows what will happen. <laughs> Uh, books who's our next nomination uh, cassie i'm hoping that this next nomination um brings as much joy to you as the last one brought to mike and that is bane from harley quinn okay this is this is essentially my deke he's not giving people like lemons he's just kind of complaining about not um he just wants to make pasta he just wants love and the world is so cruel to him, and um, I love him. I will protect him at all costs. He is—he's just kind of a little side character, who I think deserves to be the main focus. Sometimes he grows the size of a building and humps the city to death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's because of a love po- potion gone that's wrong. True. He's not to be blamed for that. He's a good guy who so- just has terrible things, wacky adventures happen to him, and we find humor in all of those wacky adventures. Um, are you ready for our third nomination? Absolutely. Mike, I would love for you to tell us about Commissioner Gordon from also also from Harley Quinn. Uh, shocking. Harley Quinn has more than one on here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Commissioner Gordon is, I think, one of the most accurate portrayals of a sad bastard dad cop who was so obsessed with his job that he was a terrible father. Uh, he, But he's also pretty bad at his job. And at this point, he has given up any... Uh, semblance of nobility 
and is a security guard for the Legion of Doom. And the best thing he is is a nursemaid to a bunch of baby sharks. Uh, and it's Chris Maloney, who is one of the best actors out there at being a sad nut job. This is a character who will have like a unique position because like, and no, no, and none of uh, other of these are we going to vote. Like this dude is literally just like a pile of shit and we adore him for being just a pile of shit. And it's so funny to watch him just constantly be the worst in such an act, like proper way. Um, So this is like, it's such a weird nomination to have, but also very fitting. He brings the hee hees and the ha ha's, just not intentionally. Uh, Mike, we're gonna we're gonna stick with you, and we're gonna also stick with Harley Quinn because our next nominee is Harley Quinn from Harley Quinn. I mean, she's the main game in town. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco captures the batshit chaotic energy. Uh, and I, I think that it does a really good job because so many times with modern Harley Quinn, it's like, oh, we need her to be a little heroic. We'll make her an anti-hero, and then people just push her into real hero. And this show and Harley at uh, shows why that's wrong. She does not belong in the Bat family. She kind of doesn't belong on any family. Just she just needs her partner and her love. And uh, if she doesn't get it, she's gonna kill some people. Cassie, do you have any thoughts on Harley Quinn from Harley Quinn? Yeah, I think. What adds to her is just how unhinged she is. Like, at any moment, she's smashing stuff. Um, she's, like, in your face, very intense, in a way that, like, a lot of, I don't know, just brings energy to that that series. I absolutely agree. I adore Harley Quinn from Harley Quinn. All right, Cassie. We are not quite done with our nominees from Harley Quinn just yet. <laughs> our next nominee for Funniest Character is King Shark from Harley Quinn. King Shark, another, let's say, side character um, who is just an absolute delight. This is Ron Funches. Um, anything he says is just so good. They gave him, he is now the dad to, I think, like 18 little baby sharks. And we're watching him just um, try to raise these little babies. He, alone. Because his wife left him. <laughs> alone, sometimes with Commissioner Gordon. Um, and he's just like, now we just kind of like Bane check in with him and every time he's got like just a really good like zinger of a line delivered perfectly and he's just he's such a fun character to have Mike any last thoughts no she covered it all right perfect Cassie (laughs) we are gonna uh talk about our final nominee for funniest character and that is Mobius from Loki Mobius wow wow he this proved um, the Wilsons. Well, we knew the Wilsons were back. There is something about him where he's just so naturally funny, where just like his expressions alone will get a laugh out of you. Last week, I think it was last week, me and Books just couldn't get over of him just writing skin, question mark, and dust. <laughs> like there's just something about everything he does. This little, this little guy who just wants to own a jet ski and is trying to save the world while also befriend um, the trickster god. Like, he's just, like, so adorable and so funny at the same time. I love him. He is delightful. That that writing skin and dust, I think that will be one moment from TV that stays with me for all of time. And it sounds so dumb to keep saying, but it is, it genuinely, if you watch it, delightful. Yeah, it may, it's so background, and you guys captured that. Like, it's just, it feels like for a second that Owen Wilson might have just done that. Yeah. Until later, the show focuses on it. But for, for half that episode, you're like, this was beautiful. This is art. I understand art. 
All right. Those are our nominees for funniest character of the year as far as our 2023 stresses go. And the winner is Bane from Harley Quinn. God. Well, um, my condolences to Mike, uh, but my... It's just nice that Dee got mentioned, you know. (laughs) It wasn't his year, and that makes sense because it hasn't been his year in eight years. If he had to give it up to somebody, does it feel good that it's going to be? Yeah, of course. Paul, what do you think about Bane taking it down? Uh, My man, Daryl Dixon, didn't even get a look in, so that's unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, I guess guess Bane is is funny. Um, It's low-hanging comedy fruit. But uh, it works. I, I love him. He, he's hilarious. He's definitely low-hanging fruit, but also sometimes it's going to be the biggest laughs. Sometimes we need the dum-dum hee-hees and ha-has, and those are delightful. Fun fact of low-hanging fruit, James Adomian, who plays Bane, his first comedy album that came out like 10-ish years ago, the name of that album is Low-Hanging Fruit. Full circle. <laughs> I well, knew I was setting you up for some trivia. I'm glad I fulfilled my part. My eyes just rolled in the back of my head as my brain accessed information I forgot. <laughs> if he wasn't able to get that out on that mic, any se- like a second longer, he would have exploded. People need to know what it's like to have a brain this broken. <laughs> Ask me the fr- my first kiss. Couldn't tell you, but I could tell you about voice actor James Adomian's first comedy album. You're perfect, Mike. Um, Bane, come down to the studio, pick up your award whenever you want. That is uh, obviously it for the shushies. Let's go ahead and move on to the pull list. Clapping in three, two, one. We are back for the pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Gen V. This week on Gen V, the gang wakes up at a house party with no memory of the night before, and they realize no memory of the last few days. And Sam runs into Emma and Marie, but they don't remember him. And Kate says, Rubus? I That has to be a typo. There's no way somebody's name is Rubus. <laughs> Rufus! <laughs> Kate says Rufus is behind their amnesia. They eventually realize Kate has been the one wiping their minds. What? Meanwhile, Sam sees the world in puppet form and shreds those puppets, which are actually, of course, people. Taste Buds ask you this. What other 30 Rock bit do you hope Gen V lifts someday? Kenneth, of course, on 30 Rock, saw the world. Everybody was puppets. The first thing I thought of when (laughs) Sam, he saw everybody's puppets. I was like, this is 30 Rock. So I just guess I hope John Hamm shows up and does some funny things. <laughs> they might be able to pull it off. No, not on Gen V. I don't think Ham's going to Gen Ouch. V. Uh, okay, so Cassie hates Gen V. Mac, What's you've up? seen it now, right? Yeah. I and Ryan hates it. I they acted like I said I loved the show and it's the best thing we've ever watched. I just didn't hate it. What what are what are your feelings in general? Okay, so I've only I haven't seen the like first two episodes fully. Um, but okay. the last like two or three, I've seen pretty well. I am kind of torn. I'm intrigued. I will say I'm hooked in more and I like it better than the boys so far. That's, so, that's, that's bananas to me. As somebody <laughs> who huge. likes both of these shows. Uh, but I hated the boys. So like, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Um, I think 
it's got a little bit of the weird i think it just can't figure out what it wants to be does it want to be weird does it want to be serious and violent does it want to i don't know yes it, it's just going in too many different directions and it part of me is intrigued by that but i'm also just not thrilled by it because it feels like mm-hmm. it's jumping around yeah for, for me the more the when it's the closer to it is to the boys is the more it's failing yeah. and again i love the boys but it's it just doesn't feel organic to the show they've created and the tone they've created college kids are very serious so the show leans itself to melodrama and it does like we want more big cw old wb style like shenanigans and not the 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 puppets thing i got uh, it just felt like all right guys i get it you think this is funny yeah yeah, I, I don't I don't think they just it's like they can't settle in either. I don't mind it though. I do think I, I don't want to like shit on the idea of people having trauma, but I feel like there are, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the negative That's territory. not your issue. You're you're allowed to you can criticize a show portraying trauma yes. and you're not criticizing people who have trauma. I'm criticizing the show and the way they're portraying trauma, but they're almost trying to make that everybody's identity yes and that it, that's not great writing so and i think everybody's slowly growing a little more beyond that stuff but it is they are hampered when they're like and now i have to talk about this thing mm-hmm. uh yeah that that's how what, i'm gonna keep watching it even though i don't love it what aspect is it doing the best if it's not doing the comedy and the characters suck and their trauma <laughs> no, sucks no, no. <laughs> Like what? I don't think the characters suck. The, the, the characters don't suck. Dicks. It's, it's got lots of so dicks. Paul, Paul, have you been watching Gen V? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah. Um, two words. What more are your dicks. That's what it needs. More dicks. He wants more <laughs> dicks. <laughs> no, I, I actually find the characters uh, becoming more likable. I'm becoming a bit of a fan of uh, Emma or Cricket. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I like what they're doing with her. I think she's a great character who isn't being written very well a lot of the time. So. I think the actress is soaring above the material they're giving her. She is the Emma VP. Yeah. And are we, I'm not sure if we're meant to like some of the other characters because, you know, it seems to be making them protagonists, but, you know, they're accidentally almost killing people in other reps and doing horrible things. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and the whole um, mind wipe reset, I just feel like it should have come an episode or two earlier in the in the season. Yeah, like build it up as a mystery for a yeah. couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because suddenly it was just there and it was like, okay, it's this red herring. No, it's not the red herring. It's this the only other person we've met who could do that. Yeah, and making Kate the person behind it was uh, something they could have played with a little bit longer. So perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if it, anyone knows what it's meant to be doing, but uh, it is watchable. I'll give it full marks, you know. And... Uh, you know, I can pull my family over and say, hey, dicks, have a look. <laughs> and that's what a goddamn good, good dad. <laughs> that's what we're looking for. Um, let's go to moments of the week. Mike, what's yours? Uh, it is, uh, Emma, there's a, this is when it's just like college level issues. It's not crazy superheroics and it's not, I am only my trauma. Uh, Marie is like, I don't know what me and Jordan are. And Emma, it's the line delivery and the way she says, do you like them? Do you want to put your mouth on their mouth or other body parts? And I was like, right there. I want to watch this girl and everything. 
make it her sitcom, and I'm fully on board. What about you, Paul? A moment? Uh, I binged all five at once. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I like the idea of Emma being giant in the pool and waking up. But um, And the fact that she's got to do a giant puke somewhere is something that will stay with me. <laughs> in books, um, from the little bit you were there, anything stand out to you? So the, the Emma giant in the pool is actually the only reason I started watching the full rest of the episode. So nice. <laughs> that moment caught my eye and made me stop watching what I was initially watching and just focus on the TV, which was my husband That's was huge. watching it. So, but you see, you see a giant girl passed out, you know, everyone's been partying and there's a giant person passed out drunk in a pool, like it's a bathtub. You got to stop and watch. Like it's That'll just, <laughs> it's a moment there. Yeah. So, um, there was a moment that almost made me stop watching and it's where a dude who can turn invisible talks about his fetish being watching girls change in the locker room. Uh, Hey, sucks. and guys, and guys and guys and they just kind of they kind of just brushed on over it like yeah this is kind of a normal fetish though and i was like mm, mm, mm. <laughs> see i don't think the show is saying that i think they're saying he's a dirtbag but not mm. everything's going to come with a lecture yeah uh my main question is the guy who was dangling uh, the soldier who attacked um is it charlie uh sam someone sam sam yeah, uh, the, that guy, he's dangling from, I thought it was a helicopter, and he got ripped in half. And after the battle, he's still just hanging there. So I'm starting to think yes. they came in by crane. They, you know, they climbed <laughs> up a crane and then slid down onto the, the aqueduct or whatever cool. it is. They, they repelled. I was also curious about what he was supposed to be hanging from then because did the helicopter, the pilot is just watched it all happen and didn't leave? Is there a dam above? Did they bungee in? I, I don't know. <laughs> Not enough people bungeeing in these days. Uh, Gen V is Fridays on Amazon Prime. Our next show is The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. On the sixth episode of Daryl Dixon, Daryl has made it to the Papa's Nest and is now trying to figure out if he should stay in Paris or head back to America. Unhappy with this, Laurent calls him out for being just another deadbeat dad who leaves. Meanwhile, Carol is searching for Daryl stateside and comes across the next best thing besides Daryl himself. And that's his motorcycle. Taste buds, I ask you, should The Walking Dead turn his motorcycle into a sentient being so we get the best of both worlds with French-ass Daryl Dixon and then an American-ass human motorcycle? Yes. This is what would bring The Walking Dead back for me. Give me this, and I'll, I'll tune in at the very least. Cassie, who voices the sentient motorcycle? Is it still Norman Reedus or is it a different actor? It's Norman Reedus, but they told him, they gave him liberties. They said, um, make it a little bit different and let him run. And he made it a little bit more squeaky. Okay. I was going to say, have you seen him in anything else? I don't know if he has a little bit different in his (laughs) arsenal. Yeah. Video game version him. All him is just one. So that's why I think he could pull off just a little bit more squeaky maybe. And that's, I have faith in him for that. The more faith than he deserves. Walking Dead is Sundays on AMC. Our final show of the week is Loki. On the third episode of Loki, everyone is meeting back up at 1893 Chicago, including Mobius, Loki, Renslayer, Miss Minutes, and Sylvie. And they're all trying their get trying to get their hands on He Who Remains variant. However, some are trying to get more handsy than others. Taste buds, I ask you, that clock was trying to fuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> it when they slowly amped that up, and but the first time she like looked a little annoyed that 
Renslayer was just standing too close to him, and I was like, oh, this clock was the fuck. <laughs> and then it, it did. That is that is the whole point of this episode. The whole time as this tension was building. So they're all back. Um, they're in a group. Renslayer and Miss Minutes are together as a team. Um, they're trying to get this variant of He Who Remains to, um, I don't know. I don't. I guess they're also trying to get him back to the TVA. It's Victor Timely, just so you don't have to say those eight words every time is the character's name. No, He Who Remains variant. Thank you very much. Okay. No, Victor Sorry. Timely. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're kind of a team. And like at first it seems like she's just kind of annoyed, but she definitely gets more and more um, possessive over him. And I guess yeah. it's because they have a lot of history and she was bummed that they never got to be more, which never expected this show to do. Um, you can't expect things from this show, Cassie. You're so, you're so right. Um, But all in all, it was a very good episode. I do like, how do you feel about, we spent a whole time um, in a different era, essentially, which always gives it a fun vibe. Yeah, uh, I I loved the the World's Fair vibe of it. The I I really like modern technology of the past that will always scratch the geeky itch in me. It's always looks cool. It's always neat. And there's always more electricity than feels safe flying in every which way. Uh, and this, this kind of outfits, I don't know. It probably is not surprising to any of you on here, or any of our listeners that there's a period in high school where I was just dressed like that, uh, a night on the town. So yeah, I loved it. Had that kind of facial hair. Uh, so yeah, big, big ups to this app. Thank you, Thank you so much for sharing that. This is a safe space. I will cherish that forever. I just remembered I meant to fill in for Ryan. So, um, yeah, I, I thought I'd do some Ryan jokes. So uh, if Ryan, uh, no, no, if Loki came down to Australia, he could be Bloki. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, if he wore a, like a coat, it could be cloaky, Bloki, Loki. I like it yeah. better when Paul does it. It's not annoying. <laughs> this is oh, thank you. I'll try harder to be Ryan, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Paul, Paul has a real like utilitarian clock in clock out attitude. Yeah. Like I have to do these jokes. <laughs> the delight on Ryan's face, and what... because you see, he he stopped listening to anybody else twenty minutes ago because he started thinking about these. <laughs> so that's what it is. <laughs> Paul's just like, I got this for you. Take it or leave it. Here you go. Um, I do want to see how do you feel about this variant because he is in his time more of a con man. He he's do you know what, do you know what I appreciate in uh it's the magic of the show. He is a very unconfident con man. Yes. He's confident in certain aspects, he he's not in others and it's it uh well-known dirtbag Jonathan Majors is such a good actor and uh to to play a different version a different personality than we've met two versions now in the MCU. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I'm excited to meet all the different versions we're going to meet throughout the rest of the season. But this one is just kind of wacky. I could see him and Mobius and Loki running amok throughout time mm-hmm. in a delightful way. Yeah. And the big thing about this, so Sylvie shows up. She obviously still wants to kill, or is going to, is, has, wants to kill this variant mm-hmm. um, because she just needs to get rid of all of He Who Remains. And now everyone else is focused on bringing him back to the TVA because he's the only one who can have the scan to like fix the loom or whatever so they can get back mm-hmm. into the loom and do that thing. Um, but I do feel like she's right that they can't be bringing this motherfucker back to the TVA when all along they've been the ones manipulating him with another like motive. Like it does seem like this will go poorly. But it does feel, unless people somebody's playing fifth dimensional chess, it does feel like all the people who 
of the TVA who do the things we don't like are kind of dead or gone now. Mm -hmm. And so if you just bring this fool, basically, so he has the magical fingerprint to open the magical door. That's that's what it is. Who to to fix the magical timey wimey thing? Who cares the words they're giving it? That's what it is. It's his fingerprint they need, uh, and then you just kill him or throw him back into his time. I don't know. It, it feels like a bing bang boom. It could be pretty quick. You keep two doors open. Boom. Open those doors. Throw him back out that door. It doesn't have to be a big old thing. Right. It's always going to be a big old thing. It's not going to be a low key thing. God, I hate myself. I hate it. I hate it. I feel bad about it. Um. I just hate myself after that. I don't even know where to go. <laughs> yeah, you, you, your soul <laughs> shut down a little. Died a little bit inside. Um, we do have... Uh, uh, so- I've got a Ryan joke. Another Ryan joke incoming. <laughs> Paul, the floor is all yours. <laughs> uh, Ant-Man has an ant that's very ant. Good. Nice. Good. <laughs> yeah. The, del- the delivery being unsure made it better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we do... <laughs> we got to see more of Renslayer, which before I completely forgot who Renslayer was, um, mm-hmm. I do kind of enjoy this character and like how she is like she's obviously we shouldn't be rooting for, her, but every time she's with Mobius and Mobius tr- Mobius tries to bring her back and she's just constantly like fuck you, I just I kind of enjoy it. That that yeah she she was so like prim and proper in the first season and kind of like the here is my job so her unraveling gives the actress a little more to do. Uh, and is is it's fun to watch yeah. and like is unhinged and it doesn't feel like there's two sides right now there's so many different factions who want different things and even though i don't always know what that is and what's going on uh it is enjoyable to watch and try to figure out what everybody will actually wants. yeah i know first season we all loved miss minutes i'm worried she's going to be too much of a focus now and too much of a character where her shine is going to come off um are you still digging miss minutes I, I understand where your concern could be coming from. Yeah. Uh, nothing in this episode made me worried about that, though. When she turned uh, into a giant ghost, loved that. A giant ghost. Uh, she and she had delighted in it when she tried to. She inhabited the mannequin uh, to be like, we could do things with our bodies. Uh, <laughs> all of it, and and then even and then so it was very funny. And then back to be like, no, you always kept me your. Th- thing mm-hmm. and then bring it down to be like oh no now we're talking about some real shit it's not just like this clocks millennia love affair for this guy all right i think we can go to moments of the week mike you got one it's it's just when i realized this clock did want to bone this dude this uh and the whole just it, them ratcheting it up until she says it yes perfect it's such a long scene of her really laying it out and getting more and more like we could fuck um it's a full (laughs) it's a full act a full play and i apologize paul did you watch this episode uh my moment of the week was um the joke about variant um that i made (laughs) and if if there's shushies for jokes in the show i'm hoping that gets a good show you're for sure a nominee I um, may not have watched it, so. That's fine. You came in with the Ryan jokes, and that's all we need from you. Thank uh, you. My moment of the week is when she did turn into a giant ghost, because um, you could tell she's been waiting her whole the whole time for that. The whole time she was stuck yes. in Chicago, and they were finally like, it's your moment. She's shown. I love Miss Mendes as a giant ghost back in time, freaking people out. And just the fact that she's like, oh, no, you're right. I should blend in here more. I'll be black and white. Yeah, black and white. <laughs> they can't deal with an in-color living cartoon. The fact that she started as an AI and she was like, you let me think, so I became a sassy bitch. Love that. Love that for her. 
Uh, Loki is Thursdays on Disney+. Plus. That is it for the pull list. It's time we talk about Spider-Man. Welcome to S-Tag, bitch, you show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning cartoon for the mid-90s, Spider-Man. This week we watched The Alien Costume Part 1, and when we start off, we're in space, guys. Did you think we would start in space? I was so excited. I'm very disappointed that Spider-Man wasn't in space, though. Like, yeah. it was a little anticlimactic. We're in space, but not really. Yeah, we're watching um, two astronauts. They're exploring a crater. The dude, conf- they're also, they're just kind of like sharing fun space jokes back and forth with each other. Yeah. Um, like, can we get food delivered here? Um, how long do you think it'll take? Just time I'm really glad that they put in the show and was absolutely needed. These and, um, astronauts love each other. <laughs> <laughs> they are friends. They have a good time in space. But they're here for a mission, and that mission is to, um, I don't know, this dude just straight up just confidently pulls a rock off of a crater, and it starts um, oozing black goo. Um, and I'd just like to say, maybe you shouldn't always mess with things. Maybe sometimes don't, you let it be. The minute you see a rock oozing black goo, you drop that, you hop back in the and say, nope, no, thank asteroids you. haunted. He, he doesn't think it's it's oozing black goo. He thinks the crater's bleeding, right? That's what he yeah. says? Yeah, he says bleeding, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and for somebody who thinks that now this thing is a living being that is shedding blood. Very mm-hmm. calm about the process. Just Honestly, <laughs> I took it as he really thought he like popped a pimple on the crater. Like It just seemed like he just pulled a blackhead out on accident and it got really angry. <laughs> but he did want to take back that pimple um, mm-hmm. for science and possibly to sell it. Uh, um, but it does, this obviously goes bad. It's leaking goo. goo. Um, it starts like a... I don't know, an earthquake on it for some reason. Sure. Something happens. They go. Um, we cut back to Earth. We're in the newsroom, and they're watching the feed because the astronauts are going to be coming home, you guys. And these astronauts aren't just anybody. Uh, one of these is Jameson's son. What I love is, so we learned that Colonel Jameson is JJ's son, uh, but not just the people who we know, not our characters, Robbie, JJ, and Peter talking about him, but the news when they're broadcasting, everybody just keeps talking about one of the two astronauts, and the other guy, fuck that guy. Fuck who gives a shit him. who his dad is? <laughs> no, they don't say his name. It's just Colonel Jameson and some dude he decided to bring with him to space are coming back. With and then and then the newscaster starts to think, well, they're exploring this asteroid, and we've just learned that they got Promethean X, which could be more powerful than plutonium how does this news anchor have all this information already how did they already name it and put a price tag on this how do they already know what all it can do it's been in space and don't they say and it's a or it could be a danger to the planet yes or maybe god help us all genuinely no concern about that they're just like here's this sick ass thing we're bringing back um and we we are whipping from so many characters because we we see that we see uh the, the daily bugle people watching it, and then we see kingpin and Smythe watching mm-hmm. and then we just cut to eddie brock stuck in traffic <laughs> yeah. for seemingly no reason if you know nothing about spider-man why he might be in this episode <laughs> yeah the, my favorite is them just constantly being like and eddie is still here um yeah. <laughs> and you don't know still if it's gonna be for a reason like in this or if it's just like hey here here is eddie here he is we have him um, but yeah, Fisk obviously is interested in Prometheus because it's worth a lot of money or Prometheum. Sorry. 
Um, Eddie is stuck in traffic because he wants to get photos of this. This is a big news opportunity for him, mm-hmm. um, but he can't get there. Uh, and as the astronauts, so we cut back to the feed. The astronauts are coming back, um, but it starts to go wrong. We like tune. We get in on the like astronauts radio channel just in yeah. time to hear this dude get taken over by black goo. Which mm-hmm. chill, chill report. Well, are they, they're in spacesuits and they're freaking out because the black goo is going on their spacesuits, but they're literally in airtight spacesuits. So, what's the bloody problem? You know. But no, it's going to be such a pain to get that out of their suit. It's pure white. It's Think like a Mario Kart clean. when you get go- like inked too. Mm, it's just it's you got to look around yeah. the ink and then you can steer fine, <laughs> astronauts. But it's such a bummer. Um, but they do crash. Um, everybody is kind of like, let's meet up at the same point. Eddie's like, I'm going to get photos of this. Spider Man's like, I got to go help these guys. Obviously, um, Jameson is like, that's my son. Let me take the helicopter. I will also save him. Um, so we're now we're meeting up on the Washington Bridge, I believe. Um, of some, course. Some fucking bridge. Uh, if, I, if I can interject, right before they crash, Cassie, we still hear their feed. Uh, the unnamed astronaut, not Jameson's son, his, like, we need help, is it's the most happy I've ever heard somebody. He's like, Mayday! Mayday! We're in trouble! <laughs> like, he is so jazzed to be able to Mayday for the first time in his career. He doesn't get a name. He has to find joy in something. <laughs> yeah, she's owning it. It's also the voice actor that they pulled off the street um, who just yeah. had an opportunity to say two lines and was like, ah, oh, hell yeah. Make a meal out of it. <laughs> um, I think I got to correct myself. I think I said Fisk shows up to the bridge. He does not. Obviously, he doesn't do the dirty work. He sends a rhino dude. Do we know who the fuck this is? No. And this is why I love this Buckwild show. They have not introduced Rhino. His name is Rhino. Uh, Fisk just obviously has a different which, animal. Which one's the rhino? Uh, he's he's the, he's kind of small. He's green. Uh Fist just has a different animal-themed assassin on speed dial whenever he needs him. He's like, I'm going to need my strong guy. Boop. Get the guy from Jersey. (laughs) This guy, he straight up is just a dude in a rhino suit. There's no explanation. No explanation. A very defined rhino suit. The crevices in this rhino suit. We in X-Men. He has cum gutters in his (laughs) rhino suit. In X-Men, we we would spend some time um, talking about how the animators sometimes really like to appreciate Rogue's butt. The animators Uh appreciated everything about this rhino man. Um, Sculpted ass, 12 abs, like shredded beyond belief. (laughs) And again, no explanation as to why it's a man in a rhino suit, but it's It's, fine. Here we are. I'd like to think that the that the creators of the show, they're like, look, we've done five episodes about weird guy becomes weird animal guy. Do we need to do another one? No, he's just already there. Put <laughs> the pieces is. together, kids. Um, so, yeah, they're all here. Um, Spider-Man goes in He's to the spaceship after it crashes. Um, he sees the door ripped off. He's like, weird, but I got to go get these guys. While he's in there, he does run into Rhino Guy. That's how we meet. Or They now run into each other. Um, they start fighting a bit, I guess. Um, blurry mm-hmm. here, but whatever. Uh, at this time, Eddie's like, hey, I'm gonna get photos of this. I have photos of, um, Spider-Man stealing stuff off of the spaceship. And I'm gonna, he then approaches Jameson and he's like, hey, if you hire me back, I'll give you these photos. He's like, absolutely. Fuck Spider-Man. Take this dude down. Um, and everyone instantly starts hating Spider-Man like they do. This Which, becomes like do. so we, quick. We, we never get the photos. In the photos, he has a rhino dude running away with the yeah. stolen hideouts. Yeah. 
but everyone was so quick to be like, we heard reports that Spider-Man did something. Um, fuck this guy. He's the worst. The Sweet, sweet old Aunt May says, now there's nowhere Spider-Man can run. <laughs> At last he'll get what he deserves. She's a Trump supporter. <laughs> this old bitch. Such a jump from sweet Aunt May. Like, she came in bitter as fuck. She was like, absolutely fuck Spider-Man. He'll get what he deserves. No good person has ever said that. Every episode, we have a doubt with Spider-Man, and it always proves that they were wrong. The society is still just like, "Mm, nope, no. This time, he definitely is bad. Um. In the mix of all of this, Spider-Man did, did get some of the little goo on him himself. Um, we don't need to worry about that yet, but there is goo on this well, boy. He thinks it's uh, river sludge. River Because he falls in the river and he swims down. He's like, oh, ew, gross. <laughs> it's all over me. I've got icky on me now. But um, he doesn't have to worry about it because Spider-Man's no longer in the good sight. So, like, he doesn't have to wash his suit for a little while is his reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if you fall in sewer water, just wash that stuff. It doesn't matter Honestly, the next time you might wear the costume. Get in the shower with your costume on. Yes. Like, just... the way With, he... a, like, a Brillo pad. Yes. Every, Steel wool. Every time he hangs up his Spider-Man suit and just throws it in the hamper, I'm like, God damn it. Why don't you... You still do have to wash that. You still have to take care of this. Um, yeah. but yeah, we have, it, the town turns on him mainly because, um, obviously they're quick to hate Spider-Man, but also Jameson is like, Hey, I will offer $1 million to anybody who brings me Spider-Man. Insane. No idea yes. why. <laughs> again, just accept it. It's happening. Well, S- um, Spider-Man's, you know, he was responsible for Pearl Harbor too. So. True. Yep. I do forget that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is when he Spider-Man is like, you know what? I'm going to hang it up for a bit. I got to lay low. Um, and then Peter goes to sleep. He starts to have a dream about some black goo chasing him. Um, and then his suit comes and fights him. The goo in the suit getting a little fightsies. And then okay, I feel like you're not doing this justice because they are Godzilla and King Kong sized. But the suit is still floppy like yeah. a suit. <laughs> Like it's not, there's not a body. It looks it. like a deflated Macy's Day parade. Just yes. looming over the city. <laughs> but also weird angles on like, it still made sure that it had elbow points, but they weren't where elbows should be and not even. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like still pretty horror-ish. Um, yeah. But yeah, they have a full fight. And when he wakes up, he is now um, hanging upside down in the middle of Manhattan um, in a new fully black suit. Hell yeah. Hell fucking Yeah. Um, he's like, what's going on? This is crazy. But there is a ransom out for him. So obviously the cops, um, see him, they start chasing him. And, um, does he just start like instantly fucking shit up at this point? I think pretty quickly he just starts taking people down. Yeah, he he runs from the cops. Then construction workers start like throwing stuff at him, and that's who he starts fighting. And he in his outer monologue, he's like, "What am I doing? Defending myself, I guess." <laughs> like he he's like the Peter Parker's like, "I don't know what's going on." But he instantly is like, "Nope, this is the right idea." <laughs> he said, "This works." Um, so yeah, we just see him kind of like messing things up. We cut to the next morning, and um, no, mm-hmm. not yet. Is hiding from the cops. Uh-huh. His suit turns into a cop uniform, oh, yeah. and he sends people another way. And then it turns into his like normal standard polo. And then he's like, "Wait, this can do anything? I'll be in an Italian suit right now." And he says something in a very "It's a Mia Mario" accent. <laughs> uh, and that's when. So it's. I don't think it's the next morning. Then he runs into Felicia and Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he's- and <laughs> that's 
such a great moment because Felicia is like he 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 bullies back Flash essentially. He yeah. calls him a name. He calls him a bonehead. And, <laughs> and Felicia's like, I don't like this side of you. You're dangerous. And she's pulling the real bully away from the scene. Yeah. <laughs> The guy who she was mad at because he's like, you hitting on my girl, Parker, just because he was like, hey, Felicia. And Felicia's like, I'm no one's girl. What the fuck are you talking about? And then she's mad when Peter and him get into. It's not. It's even all that, Felicia's yeah, fault is what we're saying, right, guys? At him, but then she's like, you're scary this way. But as she throws <laughs> away the actual bully. <laughs> um. After that check-in, we then go to um, Fisk and... I always forget the little scientist dude's name. Smythe. Smythe. God, it's a terrible name. Um, and Smythe is like, hey, I could show you what all this rock can do, but I need another thing. Um, and Fisk is like, absolutely, I can do anything. I got a rhino boy to call up, and he'll get it for me. Um, so he calls him up. And then we cut to dinner time with Peter and Aunt May. And Aunt May is like, hey, I think you should stop taking photos of Spider-Man. Um, this isn't going great. He seems... It's a dangerous situation. So he gets angry, storms up to his room. Perfectly at the time, the tracker's going off, and he knows Rhino Boy is out and about. So he's got to go after Rhino Boy now. And they meet up at, like, I don't I don't know where he's trying to steal this. It's, it's like a lab, in, right, where they have, like, the, the other rocks. It's always a lab. It's these giant nuclear pole things that yeah. will help do a thing <laughs> again it doesn't matter what matters is this fight now between spider-man and rhino boy now that we have dark spider-man who is ready to fuck shit up and boy does he with rhino boy yeah it's uh i think a, a great move is uh he is twir- he shoves his head into the ground and is twirling him around yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Rhino's like, "Dude, uh, just send me to jail. Uh, I'm not gonna snitch. Just send me to jail." And then he dr- grabs like a metal door, and he said, "Who said anything about jail?" <laughs> yeah, he is ready to murder this man, which is a big jump for Spider-Man. Spider-Man has always been a bitch, but he hasn't been down with murder. Um, so this is a big moment. And right as he like has the door above him, he kind of like real Peter comes back. He's like, "Oh my God, what am I doing? What is this?" And um, we get like a flash of something, just a little, a little flash of a little face. Um, and then the episode ends. It's just like to be continued. So we'll try to figure out what that is. Are you guys excited if I tell you that this is part one of five in this children's <laughs> cartoon? <laughs> five, five. Did I thought they for five? for two. I am still stuck on the title of this episode. Yeah, space space alien costume. Alien costume. <laughs> they really put in all the thought right at the beginning. But every other episode, they name the they name the person like Craven or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't get that here. <laughs> it's because it's it, it's space alien build. costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you go to Spirit Halloween and they don't have full yeah. title rights for the costumes. <laughs> I think one of the best is the like uh, sad day of the week girl. Yeah. <laughs> instead of Wednesday. <laughs> That's really the vibe we're getting here. Um, but honestly, I didn't know it was five at the point of this to be continued. I was hyped. I'm here for it. Obviously, this is going to be great. That is the end of this episode, though. So let's go ahead and go on to our webbies. I'm going to start with most 90s thing. And Mike, what do you have for that? It's uh, this one is jumping forward a little, but it's the goo giving the Peters a night. And it's the black costume versus his costume fighting Venom ruled the 90s and this is this is just feels it's a little horrifying which we haven't seen in this cartoon it's just the onslaught of venom coming is is so 90s 
or onslaught. onslaught. No, onslaught's not coming. Onslaught. I'm sorry, I used that word. Onslaught will never be here. Buzzing apocalypse. Yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah, I love that guy. Paul, do you got anything for most '90s thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, as as probably the oldest person here in the '90s, uh, it was a real time of change. You know, change was in the you know winds of change were blowing through the nation, uh, the world. Um, and one thing that really stood out for me was uh, rotary phones had given way to push button phones. They were still you know phones with handsets, but buttons. <laughs> Big change. Huge. Uh, books. What do you got for most '90s thing? I have it when Peter realizes that he can change appearance into anyone thanks to his nice new magic suit. Uh, and he says, can I be that guy from Aerosmith? Again, beautiful moment. Doesn't name the guy. Will may name no. the band, but still that, guy from, that guy from Aerosmith. And it felt, that's also what I have. Because Aerosmith seemed like such a specific pool where he was. everyone was like, even kids will know that guy from Aerosmith. They're definitely going to get this reference and understand why he wants to look like that guy from Aerosmith. <laughs> um, but you know the rules. If you match me, you win. So, books, I'm going to give you three points because same wavelength. I'm so proud of us. Our next one is Best Web Zinger. Paul, what do you got for that? Uh, it, well, Spider-Man, under the influence of the suit, has uh, he's gone from um, puns to... Uh, innuendo so uh mine was when he told flash oh i've developed a lot more than a backbone which uh, i took to mean he's developed a front bone perhaps <laughs> i thought that was pretty uh pretty out there pretty hmm. <laughs> i like this interpretation i like the more the more you add uh books what do you have for best web singer uh it, it was normally spider-man gives me a lot of ick with his dialogue, uh, and it's when he uh, finds out he's got a million dollar prize over his head, and he says, "I'm finally worth something." Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you got? Mine was uh, from JJ, J Jonah Jameson, actually, and uh, it wasn't like a clever one liner, but they're like, "Congratulations, Jonah!" When his son is getting the goo rock, and he says. What are you congratulating me for? I'm just his father, which is so not the boomer attitude I expected from J. Jonah Jameson. I thought he would take all the credit yeah. and be like, yeah, it's the only reason. He, and then I was just like, so I know it's not the spirit of the award we normally go, but it's the line that stood out to me. And I was like, yes, thank you, Joan. Thank you. <laughs> the human side to him. Um, that's obviously not going to win. I have terrible news for you guys. <laughs> I also put, uh, when he said $1 million, finally I'm worth something and I can't collect it. So again, me and Book's just on the same wavelength here. I'm so sorry. Three more points going your way. Our next one is Kung Fu Grip or Best Use of Power Books. What do you got for that? Oh, it's got to be, Mike already referenced it. It's when he spins Rhino Guy on his horn. (laughs) So fun. When you see a dude who chose or happens to now have a Rhino horn, you got to spin him on that. It's also... it, it's when he said my second favorite, um, like web singer, and it's he says, "Look, cornhead, I'm not. Go- I don't have time to go circle around in circles all day." As he's just <laughs> spinning him around him. on his horse. He's good. He's good. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Uh, mine was uh, actually already referenced. It is during the outfit changes, and it's how about that guy from Marismith and becomes that guy. And then I don't know if you guys noticed, we hear the riff from the intro because Joe Perry from Marismith wrote the intro theme song to Spider-Man: The Animated Series, and so he is not being uh, the singer of Marismith. He's being Joe Perry. Again, I'm so glad 
that your mind is broken in a way where you can know all of this. <laughs> okay, but I also know that the show hey, kind of ripped on him. I looked up him. nothing. I looked up nothing. <laughs> and his first album was called The Alien Costume, too. <laughs> Whoa. That's where it came from. But I love uh, that the writers were like, we're not actually going to name Joe Perry from Aerosmith, though, because yeah. that's just too much. Yeah, it's a little much. Uh, Paul, what do you have for Kung Fu Grip? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the spinning horn is uh, the obvious one, but uh, I did want to call out the uh, Promethean X. Like, uh, a rhino brings it in a suit, in a case, and he opens the case, and within five seconds, three people have handled it. So, you know, he picks it up, and then Fist touches it, and then Smythe touches it, and I just thought, yeah, that's that's what you want to do with a uh, element that no one knows anything about, except it's really, you know, possibly could change the world or destroy it. But yeah, let's all touch it. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so little protocol for this. Again, it came from space. Nobody knows anything, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's it's all. A rock, that's all touch so it. You can hold it. I found some <laughs> uranium. You guys want to touch it? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I want to touch it. Hot potato. Um, turned out fine for, for Madame Curie. It's fine, guys. <laughs> for Kung Fu Grip, um, close to yours, Mike, but not quite. Um, sorry to report. Um, when he was transforming, his final one was just into a rich white dude. He went through a lot of forms and then realized the most powerful was a rich white dude at the end <laughs> in a nice suit. And you got to respect that power. Um, I am going to give that one to Mike, though. Mike, I'm going to give you two points for it. Cherish this. Thank you. Pity points. (laughs) Pity points. Our final award is New York is a character or most New York thing. Paul, what do you got for this? As obviously um, the U.S. expert, the New York (laughs) expert. Yeah. Well, it's got to be uh, when he says to the rhino, where did you come from? And then he goes, Joycey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's the only bit. And again, I feel like he pulled out a Jersey accent just for that one, just to say Jersey. The rest of the time, yeah. no accent. Uh, it's like, uh, have you? did you have like roommates in college who uh, did like two weeks abroad or maybe a semester abroad to Puerto Rico, <laughs> but they have no accent other than when they say the name of the country? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Books, what do you have for New York? Oh, I have it. Uh, they This is normally in all of the episodes when they need cops or helicopters or anything on scene. They're like there in an instant. Um, but New York doesn't work like that. And they break into the lab and alarms go off, but no one fucking shows up. And I feel like that's a very New York thing. <laughs> They'll get to it when they get to it. They were busy yeah. patrolling looking for Spider-Man exactly. out on the streets. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Uh, it's when he crawls out of the river covered in the black goo. He goes, Hudson River pollution, rich, thick, and creamy. Mike, you've done it. That's what I have. <laughs> it was the follow-up of rich, thick, and creamy like it's fucking mac and cheese that really confused me and stood out. Um, so huge news. Three points going your way, Mike. That takes our final ones. I'm sorry to report, Paul, me and you. We got none this time. Uh, we'll do better next time. Uh, it's just but- a... Just a nationalistic thing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) We welcome you onto the podcast and then do you like this. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm actually recording from Inglewood, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That gives Mike at the end. You ended up with five points, but sadly, Books just beat you with three because she matched me twice. Congrats, Books. You are the winner. Um, And that's it for the show, you guys. I've had a wonderful time. Um, if everyone could go around, rank it one to ten on um, how delightful of a time you did. I'll start with you, Paul. How delightful was this? Oh, it was a solid ten. Ten, yeah. Cool. 
God, feels so good. Thank you, Paul. Um, while I got you here, I do want to, of course, uh, please let everybody else know where they can find you another podcast, maybe a couple podcasts you got got out there. Uh, Waiting for Doom is my Doom Patrol podcast, and um, that's the other one. I do one called Dial F Flanger, or if you're Ryan, you say it, Dial F Flanger. Um, so that's what how Ryan said it last time, uh, which is just a chat show about whatever I want. So, yeah, um, I, I am occasionally known as Flanger somewhere, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, while we're talking about other shows, books, can you please tell me about another uh, pop filter show? Another pop filter show that you're definitely going to want to check out is Movie of the Year, and they are currently covering 1973. Nailed it. You crushed it. I'm so proud of you. Um, I was on one episode. It's basically like it's my show now. <laughs> it is yours officially. Mike, you're the only one can, that can do this. Can you please tell us about websites? Yeah, because I listened to last <laughs> week and threw my phone across the room. It's just, it's just, it's just at this point, it's been our website. Uh, I, it's a 7.25 and delightful scale, uh, Cassie, is what this episode was for me. Popfilter.co. Oh, <laughs> Is where you can go. That that is the website now. Go to popfilter.co. Uh, that's where all our stuff lives. All of our shows, old articles. If you want to look up articles, if you want to read our reviews of Battleworld from eight years ago, uh, popfilter.co is where you can go. Throw a slash Amazon on there. Popfilter.co slash Amazon. The holidays are just around the corner. You're going to do shopping. Why not help us a little while you're doing shopping? Uh, those are all the websites for now. But and I will say this because this is what the, the websites were actually right contact at popfilter.co because this is how emails work is uh they, they belong to a website so it is mm-hmm. no longer at your popfilter.com it has not been an over year uh-huh. contact at popfilter.co if you think i make too big of a deal uh-huh. about getting the websites right email us listeners Great. you also got that one we're on social media at pop, your pop filter no no but here's where this is confusing it's at your pop filter on instagram <laughs> It's That's great. We love branding. It's at popfilter.bsky.social too. I'm, oh, yeah. hell yeah. Paul came through. He finally he did the work. He hooked it up. I'm your number one follower on the Blue Sky. <laughs> Good. I think it might only be you. I appreciate it. You're the realist. Um, you just also put out so them. many messages. It's, you know, every day I get up yeah. and read the new, you know, pop filter messages on Blue Sky. Every day. <laughs> A deluge <laughs> of once every five weeks. So, Skeets. The perfect amount. Uh, also on Instagram at Your Pop Filter. Next week, we are going to be checking back in with Gen V, focusing on it for the main. We'll see if we can all get on, this, on the same page with that. But that is it for this week. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For Paul, I am me. And for McKenna, I am me. Bye, everyone. Side and ask people to slam more doors while I'm recording. <laughs>